Welcome to Inside the Path to Success podcast, brought to you by Opulus, where you go behind the scenes with financial planners Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh to hear stories about how leading entrepreneurs, millennials, professional athletes, and coaches navigate the natural challenges that arise on the path to success and how to advance to the next level. And now, here are your hosts from Opulus, Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh. All right, inside the Path to Success podcast is off and rolling. Franny, how are we doing today, man? I'm good, man. Ready to roll. And we got Austin Calitro here today. Austin, congrats on completing another season in the NFL with the Broncos, man. Congrats. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I appreciate you uh, being the first, first guest. I feel honored. Shout excited out to, to have you, brother. <laughs> no, I feel good. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we really appreciate the, the time you take to uh, to jump on here with us and just talk a little bit about your path, right, that you've taken through uh, through high school, through college, to ultimately make it to the NFL and, and doing what you're doing now, man. So, you know, just tell everybody a little bit about, you know, where, where you're at now and what you're up to. Um, Just got done my fourth year in the NFL, going on year five next year. Um, I was uh, I was on Cincinnati last year preseason. And I got traded right before the season started. Uh, I ended up going to Denver, playing there the entire year. <clears throat> um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was year. F- I just finished up year four, so I'm um, kind of in that in that uh, area now where you start talking a little more money and, and teams start uh, respecting you a little more. So that's that's cool to be there. And uh, me, me and Fran are boys from Villanova, so uh, actually uh, my rookie year, I think yeah, we we actually left football at the same time, but I graduated a year earlier. And my rookie year, uh, Fran reached out. We uh we all we all introduced each other to and we all got introduced to each other and uh I trusted you guys and next thing you know uh, I saved a lot of money and uh, I got to see a lot more in my bank account so it's good five years later. <laughs> yeah, man, obviously made made some good decisions along along the way too and staying on the grind. So you know we'll get into your, your journey through the NFL in a minute, but you know we kind of take a step back. You know a lot of kids dream of growing up and you know playing in the NFL or playing professional sports. So was that always an aspiration of, of yours that that you had to play in the league? Um, not in the NFL. No, it was. Uh, I've always wanted to go to college and play college football because I mean that's that was that's what I thought was an attainable goal at the time. Um. And still, even when I was in college, I, really, I never really thought about going to the NFL. It was, I always saw, we got a couple of buddies now in the NFL, Brad and Tano, and I always saw them and thought that's what you have to do to go to the NFL. And I uh, had a couple of good years and my agent reached out to me and said I had a chance. I actually had a job with Johnson & Johnson lined up to do medical supply sales or med- yeah, medical device sales. Um, and I was ready to take it. And my agent reached out to me and kind of told me I should take football, or at least to just the next step a little more serious than I am. So here we are today. <laughs> um, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't always a dream. My dream was just to get to college, get college paid for, help my family out. Um, and then see what happens from there. That's awesome, man. And I know, I mean, just from our relationship, I know you were a really good baseball player too. So like before you even made the decision to play football, was it kind of like a back and forth deciding between baseball and football? Or was it always like, I want to go play football? My, my sophomore, yeah, my sophomore going into my junior year that summer, um, I kind of had to make a choice like what I wanted to do. And uh, I was trying my best to balance both, but it, it's it's so hard. And anyone that can do it, God bless them. But yeah, for me, it was just, I looked at what they offered scholarship wise for baseball. And I looked at what they offered scholarship wise for football, what could help my family out more. And it was it was definitely football. And I, looking back, I think I made the right choice. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. Now, going back to the one thing you had said, uh, where you're talking about, hey, 
you kind of realized that you have a shot to play in the NFL. When did that point occur? Was it your junior year, senior year? Um, I know you had a couple of years in a row where you were, you were all league, but you know, obviously to make it in the NFL at the, you know, the CAA FCS level, you got to really be a, a, a stud. So like, when did that point come for you? And kind of, when was that, that turning point where you realized like, Oh shit, I might be able to do this. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I mean, you, you know, how I was in college. I was, I was having fun, just, you know, doing, doing what I could to, to live up the moments. But, uh, yeah, I think going into my, uh, going into my true senior year. So my redshirt, uh, redshirt junior year, um, I, I had, I had a good sophomore year, pretty good sophomore year. I had to put up stats when I played. And then once, once I was a full-time starter after that year, um, some agents reached out, but I, I still wasn't taking anything serious. Well, I was taking it serious, but I was more focused on building over than anything yeah. else. Sure. Um, and then going into my fifth year, this hell was projected like fourth, fifth round, which is all BS now looking back on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's when I noticed, you know, I, I had, I had somewhat of a chance. Did, didn't know, again, didn't know how realistic it was. And then once I got into camp, finally, well, I got picked up by the Jets and got cut five minutes later. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> good right start. Draft, yeah, so I was like, "Oh, is this this league is serious." But no, once I once I finally got into a camp and, and just got to play football and just not because I didn't know anyone's playbook, I didn't I didn't really know anything. So I just went out there and played. Um, I realized I was fast enough, I was big enough, I was phys- physical enough to play. So it was really just earning the trust of the coaches and, and the playbook and all that. For sure. Now I want to go back to one of the things you brought up there. Right, you talked about like agents starting reaching out to you. Um, you know, what was it like picking, you know, the right agent to, to work with, right? Obviously, like, you know, you're just a college kid. You're not used yeah. to doing anything. You're used to like people telling you what to do all day. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, that guy's hitting you up, texting you, emailing you, saying like, hey, I want to be your agent. Like, how do you kind of handle that process? And what was it like figuring out who was the right guy for you? Yeah. Um, so we had a we had a guy, Don Cherry. He was in the league at the time. So he was helping me out a little bit. Just I asked him, like, hey, do you know this person? Do you know this one? Uh, just so that helped me get a general gauge and how how many agents are really out there compared to like the real ones that are actually in the business. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get, you're getting pressure from all angles. I mean, there's guys connected with Villanova who went to Villanova Law School and who think they should, you know, have the the rights to represent you. But you know, there's other guys elsewhere, elsewhere from your area, like Connecticut, New York, who think you know they should be the ones. So for me, it was. Uh, and, and at the same time, you got to remember, like, you're kind of like the one making that decision. You can't let them force you into that. And at the end, at the end of the day, they work for you. So that, that was a, that was like, that was a big uh, mindset I had to kind of adjust to because in college, we're working, we're basically playing for the coaches the whole time. But now we have power and control and it, it was, it was on us to make that decision. And, and plus I was, I was going through it with uh, Tad and Tano and Brad at the same time. So it was, it was a lot easier. I had someone to talk about it with, but, uh, yeah, my agent reached out. Uh, he knew Coach Crocker's wife because she works for Dunkin' Donuts, and he represents Zach Ertz. So they rep- they kind of did some marketing deal. He came, watched the game, saw me and Tano, got me, didn't get Tano. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was it was easy just because he was a stand up guy, and I was looking for someone who my parents felt comfortable around and that had somewhat of that family uh, atmosphere like Villanova did. And his agency definitely had that. So his name is Steve Carrick. Shout out, Steve. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so you pick your agent, right? You ball out your senior year. You do awesome, right? Then it comes to, you know, draft night. You said, obviously, they're, they're projecting a fourth, fifth round. You go undrafted. You get signed by the Jets, right? How did, how did it, like, feel to, like, sign that first contract? Like, I know you said you got cut right away. Did you even get to sign the contract? Or oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I signed the contract. They sent the contract over that night. So right after the draft, if you don't get drafted, you're, you got a whole bunch of teams calling you. And I had 
and the way everyone describes it is like, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's such a, you know, it's a panic, it's a frenzy and stuff. And they're like, it happens like right before the draft ends. And I'm like, the draft ended and I'm like looking at my phone. I'm like, is my fucking service on? Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and uh, no, nobody called me. And uh, finally, I think the coach, the first team to call, this was like 10 minutes after, so I was freaking out. Um, and they called me just basically to tell me uh, that they had a spot for me, but somebody took it. So I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> really, really appreciate the call. Yeah, I'm like, you, yeah, I mean, you didn't need to call me, but thanks. Uh, the, the Jets called me, and it was, you know, it was going back and forth with my agent. They want me, they wanted me as a fullback, and I mean, I don't know if you guys know anything about the lifespan of a fullback in the NFL, but it's not long. Not long. Um, and I wanted to play linebacker. It's what I did my entire life, and uh, finally, finally, my agent convinced them to give me a shot at linebacker. But uh, they had other plans. I went in there for rookie mini camp, and they had me working at fullback drills as well as the uh, linebacker drills. So then, I mean, I, I knew I knew what was going on once uh, I said bye to my linebacker coach. And I, saw, I told him, I was like, all right, I'll see you for uh, OTAs. And he was like, oh, you're coming back? <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, there, <laughs> there's the writing on the wall. And, you know, it's Mother's Day, Sunday morning, I wake up to a call, 8 a.m., supposed to go head to uh, the Jets for OTAs. And they called me, they're like, yeah, you didn't leave yet, did you? I'm like, no, why? They're like, yeah, don't come. Uh, we're going to cut you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm glad it happened then. It was it happened early. It, it sucked. It hurt. But uh, I mean, just get that feeling out of the way. So then, you know, everything else that happens after that. Every time you do get cut, because it happened a bunch in my career. Just you know, you live and you learn. You're on to the next one. So yeah, let, let's dive into that a little bit because I think you really got a got an interesting story getting to know you over over the years and your journey along the way. So, so you get cut by the Jets, right? Yeah. After a very brief period of time. I mean, mentally, right? How are you feeling after that? Um, you know, at first, I, I didn't, I didn't really know too much about the whole process. So I was, you know, I, I thought one, my career is done, or two, something can happen faster. Um, but again, this is like five years ago when when OTAs and everything was a little different timing. Um, so yeah, I was basically without a job from. I want to say May, all yeah, May until I think I got my next chance July with the 49ers. Um, but yeah, training and stuff. I'm I'm working out. I'm training every day. I'm just wondering, you know, am I, am I what am I really training for? Am I going to get a shot? Um, I mean, it was it was definitely frustrating, and there was a there was a sense of unknown, and you have no you have no control over something you want control over, and that and that was awful. But uh, you know, I just kind of. I'm not a religious guy, but I definitely started praying a lot more. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess my prayers were answered. And I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I got a chance to the 49ers. Two of their linebackers went down three days before the – or four days before the uh, first preseason game. And then when I was in camp, another guy went down. So it went from me being really just special teams of that game to playing the entire second half, not knowing – I had the mic in my head. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're telling me plays. I'm like, oh, run this. And, yeah, I was calling the wrong play. It was bad. but. Uh, I ended up doing good enough to stick around. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience. And then the 49ers cut me. Um, I heard I wasn't tall enough, but he's the, his name was uh, Robert Sala. He's now the coach with the Jets. So, um, great guy. Just, you know, I guess they have measurables and intangibles that they like in their guys. Um, and then I ended up going to Seattle. Um, I went there for about four weeks or three weeks. Got cut by them, went to the Browns. This is all my rookie year. Went to the Browns. This is all practice squad. Um, and then I got cut from the Browns the next spring. And then Seattle took me back in. And that's when I finally made my first team. So, yeah. So, so let me get this straight. So, 
rookie year, you were cut how many times? One, two, three, four. Four times and all, all period of time until you finally landed on that that team. And see yeah. how I got you there. Yeah. Well, here's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the bulk of the NFL guys that are going to camp or OTAs, right? There's a lot of dudes, right? right? That, that get in there and a lot of guys get cut. And and the crazy thing to me has always been is that you need to be in shape. You got to get ready to go once you are cut and stay in shape, I should say, because you never know when you're going to get that next call to jump on that plane to fly right. somewhere. Right. right. So, I mean, how do you, how did you stay sharp? Right. Knowing that you just got cut, right. This team doesn't want you anymore and you got to go back home and start training again. And you don't know, right. When yeah. that next call is going to come. I mean, what's that dialogue with you mentally, like in, in your own head to keep yourself motivated. And then what's that line of communication too, that you got with your agent to, you know, find out, Hey, what, what they're doing for you to try right. to, to get you back on the team. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the, uh, and I think most players, I think a lot of players don't do enough of this. Um, I mean, they could, but I, I just don't, a lot of young guys don't do, don't do enough of this. When I was cut the first time, uh, they basically tried hurrying me up off the phone and I, you know, I was like, Oh, hold on. Why are you cutting me? And the guy, the guy who's on the other, on the other line of the phone basically was like stuttering. He was like, Oh, uh, you know, I guess it's just quickness or, you know, speed or something. So I, clearly he had no idea. So, uh, um, so then I, I you know, I just, t- I took, I did take the quickness and speed thing to heart and I kind of took that, you know, FU mentality. And anytime I got cut my rookie year, I always asked him, I was like, what didn't you see? You know, what, what do you want more of? And, uh, when I, when I went into the off season going into my second year, um, all I focused on was quickness and, and speed really. Cause that's, that's what I heard. And I was, I was a little heavier at the time. I was, I think like 240, which is pretty heavy now for a linebacker, especially in the league it is now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've always had a pretty good work ethic and I think that's what got me to this point. But, um, you definitely gotta be, have some sort of sense of arrogance about you. I mean, you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a league where a lot of people making decisions never want to admit that they're wrong. So my mindset has always been like, all right, well, you don't want to admit it. Let me help. Let me just show you that you're wrong. And yeah. Um, every time I've gotten that, that opportunity, I, I, I think I've proven that. So that's good stuff, man. So, so yeah. let's pick it back up at Seattle then. So rookie year, right in Seattle, kind of take, take us from, from there. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. My second year, my, yeah, my second year in Seattle, um, made the team had a pretty good preseason. Um, made, I came, I came actually late. So, so I came late to that. So I had to earn reps and practice. Um, and it, you know, it was, it was definitely a, a mind warfare as well as it was physical, but um, people don't realize that you only get, if, if there's a team period and you're one of the last guys fighting for a spot, you're only getting three or four reps in that team period. And sometimes you get four or five reps in time practice. So and it's not like they don't look at the reps that you have. It's just, you know, they have, they got starters and stuff like that. They're trying to get ready for So, for yeah, me, and when you say reps, right, just, just for those people that, that don't know the inside outs oh, yeah. of football, you're talking about a single play. Yeah, right, just, in practice, just play in a single practice. play in practice. Play in practice that that is on film that they can they can look at and evaluate you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for me, it was I was always busting my butt in the drills and then the special teams drills and stuff. They're trying to be first in line, obviously, everything they tell you in high school when you go to college camp to do. Um, but then eventually, you know, everyone, I tell I tell all the young kids, I'm like, listen, even college, you know, you could tell who's the cream of the crop, but in the NFL, everyone's good. So it's really it's what do you what do you want to do to stick your neck out there and, and go above and beyond? And uh, for me, it was, I've always studied a little more film and 
uh, I guess just tried to make sure, make sure the coaches knew I knew the ins and outs of the game mentally. And that, that helped me a lot, but yeah. So I went to Seattle, uh, I was fighting for reps in practice. Uh, one of the linebackers ended up getting hurt. Um, so I played a lot in the preseason uh, and capitalized on those reps and then made the team. Uh, in the first first game of the year, we played the Broncos, ironic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we played the Broncos and uh, KJ Wright was hurt at the time. He's our, our starting little linebacker and they had Shaquem Griffin as well. Rookie's still trying to, trying to understand it. And uh, they come up to me like four days before the first game. They're like, hey, by the way, because I, back, I was backing up Bobby Wagner. And they go, hey, by the way, uh, we want you to learn Will too. And they're like, you might play Sunday. And I'm like, I go home. I'm, I'm kind of excited, but I go home shitting my brick, shitting my pants more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, just, they just threw another position onto you, uh, right? You're, you're playing yeah. Mike inside linebacker. They want you to play Will outside linebacker too. Yeah. And it was, I, had to learn, I had to learn both. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was rough, but uh, no, so I ended up playing most of the, I played, I played most of the game that first game of the year. And I thought KJ was going to come back eventually. And I just thought I was filling in. Uh, but he ended up being hurt most of the year. So, and actually the second game of the year, Bobby got hurt. So I had to go from the Will linebacker to the Mike linebacker against the Bears on Monday Night Football. And that was my first start. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was baptism by fire. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything, everything happened kind of fast. And it really, uh, for me, it was, it was just, how do I slow the game down? How do I, how do I think? How do I, you know, move, how do I get everything, everything else moving slower? And, and Bobby uh, did a great job helping me. And uh, really by week 10, it was just, everything was, for me, everything was comfortable and I was starting next to Bobby and that kind of helped, uh, definitely helped propel my career. So no hard feelings against Seattle at all for yeah. getting cut, but they, they, they definitely helped my career yeah. get going in the right direction. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what was that like though, man? Yeah. Because you went from, you know, being cut, you know, to starting on Monday night football. I remember this, right? I remember like tuning in, me and Franny were talking and, and you're starting on Monday night football, which is like the pinnacle of of games, right? Yeah. To watch. And if I recall, you you balled out that game too, right? Yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what what is that like? I mean, was that rewarding for you just to be like, man, I went from being cut, 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 cut to busting your ass, putting yourself in a position and then starting on, on Monday night football, man. That's that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was rewarding and I'm sure I'll look back on it one day and um, you know, appreciate that experience. But for me, right after the game, I mean just how I am as a player. And I'm sure Fran remembers this. I was just, I was focusing on all the negative things that happened, like what I did wrong and stuff like that. And um, I never, I never want to be that guy to right now, at least to sit back and look at my accomplishments right now, just because I think I have a lot more to do in, in this game. So um, yeah, I mean, it was, for me, it was cool knowing that I, I played alongside Earl, uh, Earl Thomas and we just got Michael Kendricks and it, it was cool playing next to those guys and hearing how they talked out there and stuff like that. But uh, I honestly, after the game, I was like, that was fucking awesome. I want to do more. I want, I want, to, keep, I want to keep doing that. <laughs> and and, and so. one of the craziest things about, you know, like that whole story, at least that I picked up on and obviously knowing you from like historically, like, dude, you went from thinking like, I wonder if I'm going to make the team yeah. to all of a sudden you started like most of the games that year. And there was a couple of weeks where I remember you had like 12, 13 tackles a week for a short, like for a period of time, you were getting like 10 tackles a game every week. Like yeah. it's just such a crazy world to think like, you were questioning like, Hey, I'm getting three, four reps of practice. Right now, all of a sudden, like you are starting because Bobby Wagner's hurt. <laughs> like you're, you're the guy on defense, like leading the team into tackles week in and week out. It's just, it's such a crazy world. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, just the coolest part was just playing next to Bobby. I mean, we became really good friends over time and he's like, he's like a big brother to me to this day, but 
uh, everyone always asks, like, you know, why is he so great and all this stuff like that. But I'm like, you, unless you're you're next to him and you're hearing and, and, and seeing what he sees out there, it's, it's hard to really tell tell people why he's good. But I mean, even now at age thirty, he's still fast. But that that guy watches so much film. He he was telling me he plays sometimes before before they even broke the huddle, just off down and distance and stuff like that. And personnel, um, I told him to play one time. I was like, hey, Bobby, see me this. I mean, it was pretty easy to play to tell. And I, he made a tackle, and I was like, hey, remember I told you? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I knew too. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's cool. And then, uh, I, I mean, I just I appreciate KJ and Bobby and all those guys just for teaching me how to be a pro, really. So, so keep on going, man, with, with the, your journey through Seattle then, because I know eventually, you know, kind of same thing, that season wrapped up, yeah. right? And, and um, you made another transition. Yeah, so I went to Seattle. Uh, that offseason, ended up, you know, I played, I think I started nine or ten games, ended up playing a bunch. Uh, and then they ended up drafting two linebackers that year um, in the draft. So I kind of saw the writing on the wall, but, you know, I, I had ended up having a great preseason. Um and then Jacksonville picked me up, and I—I uh, I think I started six games for five or six games for Jacksonville. Um, did pretty good there, and uh, they again, you know, I, I was seems I was seemed like a transition guy for them, which I was. They had a guy they drafted third round from a smaller school, who uh, they didn't feel was ready to play at the time. They, they saw me, and I guess I was a little more ready. Ended up playing. Um, they drafted more. They drafted linebackers in the draft, so I got cut from them. And then uh, Cincinnati picked me up, and uh, they ended up they that draft. They drafted three linebackers, so I'm like, I can't, I can't catch a freaking break. So, <laughs> and, and you know, I, and listen, I get it. It's a business, and yeah. you know, if you draft someone, you're gonna you're drafting because you anticipate them being a part of your f- franchise one day. But uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, finally something broke my way. I mean, we were towards the end of camp, and uh, the linebacker coach Al Golden came up to me and he goes, Hey, I mean. I don't know what to tell you. You know, we don't, you don't get that many reps, but every time you're in, you know, you make plays and you made it hard for upstairs to make a decision, but whatever happens, just know I love you. So I, you know, I called my agent. And I'm like, Hey, do you know anything about this? I told him what he said. And he was like, yeah, there's some teams. They calling about you. Didn't, I didn't think I was going to get traded. I just think I thought they were going to try to see if I was going to make the team or not. So they can adjust their roster projections based on that. Um, so it's the last practice of the, uh, it's the last practice of the camp. And uh, Zach, Coach uh, Zach Taylor comes up to me or comes up to the team, gives a speech. He goes, just be by your phones. You know, this, this day sucks. Obviously, it does. Nobody wants to get cut. Um, yeah, this day sucks. But, uh, you know, just be by your phones and let's all be professional about it and stuff like that. And our, uh, our our roster will be set by Saturday. So, I was, of course, I was by my phone, went home, went back to the hotel room, got a, started eating. And I get a call from Coach Taylor and I was like, I mean, you couldn't wait till Friday to do this. <laughs> so he goes, oh, yeah, you know, what are you doing? Are you, are you still in the facility? I go, no, coach, I'm actually eating lunch in the hotel room. He goes, well, do me a favor and bring your uh, iPad upstairs. And basically in the NFL, that means you're getting cut. So I go, oh, all right. And he goes, yeah, we just trade you actually. And I was like, oh, shoot. All right. That, so that's, that's cool. And then I go, well, where am I going? He goes, yeah, Denver called. They wanted you, you know, your trade is going to Denver. And uh, I think in that moment, I, I mean, I, I was a, uh, I, I was a little emotional. I called my family just because um, I don't want to say the hard work paid off, but it was it was cool to finally you know have a job that, you know somewhat secure and all the hours and stuff. And nobody was looking. Um, somebody else maybe noticed it and maybe saw what they liked in the film and they saw value in me and they wanted to give me a shot and they they saw enough value in me to, to, to trade for me. So that was it was cool and it was it was cool. I could just go there. I didn't have to worry about pleasing any of the front office people and uh, I just went there and played and, and balled. So it was, it was fun. <laughs> 
It's awesome, man. And, yeah. and that's obviously a testament to you. Do your hard work and your dedication because, you know, 95% of what you're doing, no one ever sees. Right. 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 So, so what's like the low point? Right for you, as you kind of look through all that when you're like, man, or did you ever consider like, ah, this isn't worth it? I'm just going to get a job and call J and J back up and see if I get in medical sales again. You know, because yeah, I was uh, eight, eight teams in four years. I mean, that's that's brutal. That was right? awful. I mean, it's it's brutal, but at the same time, I was younger, yeah. so I didn't really, I didn't think too much of it. I was, I was younger. I didn't have any responsibilities. Um, but yeah, I was, for me, it was just I'm, I'm guessing traveling the country for these next four four months until the season ends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the the lows is just um, the the lows for me was just it, it was frustrating not having control of over over my own destiny, and that was that was actually something we always talked about going over, especially Coach Charlie. He was you know he used to tell us the, the greatest power is when you have control of your own destiny, and um, when, when our playoff chances came and went, sometimes we had we we had control over all of it. But uh, it, it, was, it was the first time in, in my life, I think, besides the whole recruitment process, where I felt like I didn't really have control over, you know, the controllables, and that and that sucks. But uh, yeah, I mean, the lows are lows, but the highs are also high, so it, it evens out. It evens out. And how do you kind of deal with that mentally now, right? So so to keep the the, the mindset of improving yourself, getting better you know, living to see another day, right? <laughs> right. right. That, that's your out there uh, compared to when you, you know, first got picked up by the Jets. So what's that mentality difference that you have now? And how do you stay, you know, sharp? Yeah. I mean, um, my rookie year, I, uh, I mean, we all, I went, I was, I came to the league at 23. I'm now 27 years old. So, I mean, uh, I think, I think naturally I matured a little bit and it helped me definitely helped me put things in perspective, perspective, what's important, what's not. Um, I mean, my rookie year and stuff like that, my rookie year, second year, I was doing it just because uh, I love football and I still love football, but that was the only reason why I was doing it. And uh, as you get older and you start realizing what's important in life, um, for me, I definitely want to leave a legacy behind for my for my future kids because, you know, if, if I could sit there and tell them, you know, I got a master's degree and I played in the NFL and I did all this. And, you know, if I if I yell at them when they're, when they're younger, I'm, I'm hard on them. I'm, you know, I want them to be able to say, well, at least, you know, he's not a hypocrite. So, uh, for me, for me now, it's, uh, I'm doing things cause I, hopefully I'm doing things that are going to be bigger than me one day. And, uh, that really, that really does keep me going. And as long as my family's proud and, and, uh, you know, you know, I'm happy. That's all that matters. And I think that's like, that's such an awesome mindset to have. Um, you know, cause obviously like just, it just shows how much you've matured in these four years, right. That, that you start to, you, you're thinking about your future much more. And, you know, I think naturally that comes with age and comes through all the different experiences you had. Um, one thing I want to go back to is, you know, we talked a little bit about like the low points. What was like the number one, like highest high of your career so far? Was there a specific game or was that, you know, when you, when you got traded and you realized like, Oh my gosh, like someone finally sees value in me. Like what, what was that moment that you were like, like, this is awesome. Uh, probably when I first made the team in Seattle, Bobby actually called me and he was the one that told me I made a team. I guess he wanted to be the one to do it. And it was cool. I mean, especially <clears throat> for a future hall of famer to call you and just let you know, like he was like, Hey, I'll see you at press Monday. I'm like, what are you talking about? Goes, oh, like nobody told you yeah you like you made the team so i was like oh shoot and uh it was yeah i mean then after that obviously all the phone calls and texts and stuff flooded in but that was definitely the coolest seeing one of your a dude you look up to and who i looked up to and who eventually be, became a mentor and a friend being the one to tell you that you know your dreams came true that was that was a cool moment yeah dude i mean that's like i mean 
especially like your dream growing up, right, is to be you, you, everyone wants to go play a professional sport. Right. And like for you, probably, I mean, Bobby Wagner has been, you know, hall of fame player for a long time, Like for him to, to call you and be like, yo, dude, you made the team. Like, that's like, that's like a movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it, it was real. I couldn't, I couldn't have written that. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was awesome, but yeah, he told me that, but he also yelled at me on the field before. So <laughs> <laughs> everything he was out. Keeping you accountable, market, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess like my next question would be right. Like we talk about how, how much you've matured somehow, like, you know, your mindset's changed so much, right? If you had to go back to like your 23 year old self and kind of give some pieces of advice, like what's the number one thing you would tell yourself going back into the NFL today? Um, definitely the, the, the stage is never that never as big as it seems just cause you know, if, if you haven't been there, I mean, I'm going on year five now, so I, if I don't get the same feeling I do before, before a game, like I did four years ago. Um, but I, you know, now, now it's more about focusing and just focusing on your job, you know, being a true professional. But back then it was uh, all the lights, all the lights are shining. All the cameras are out, you know, it's ESPN, it's CBS, Fox news, um, you know, seeing Larry Fitzgerald across the field, just stuff like that. And, you know, uh, you don't really focus on the game at hand. And um, for me, it was, you know, I, for me now it's, you know, isn't the stage is never too big. And, you know, we're all at the end of the day, we're all football players and we're all there because we're good enough to be there. So for me, I, I would definitely tell myself, never let the stage, you know, over make you feel uh, smaller than you are. For sure. And, you know, obviously like for, I don't know how much our audience knows about the NFL, but you know, the average lifespan of an NFL player is you know, just over two years. Um, so for you to already have locked up your fourth year, that's just a testament to, you know, how much you've worked, how much you've grinded to get to this point, like mentally, physically, to be able to, to make it this far, right? For anyone that's, you know, you know, in college or maybe in their first or second year, still floating around on practice squads, is there any other pieces of advice that you'd give them um, kind of through their own journey, you know, that you may have seen similar to, to what you went through? Um, yeah, I mean, there, uh, there was a linebacker from the Bengals. He ended up coming to the 49ers my rookie year. And I'm glad that he told me the biggest, biggest, best piece of advice I could have ever gotten, um, and that, at that kind of rough stage. And that's just, you know, if you don't make it, it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It's just not your time. And I think time is, time is a lot, you know, with everything in life, but especially in the NFL, you need, you need to be able to, with the, with the small amount of time that you do have to capitalize that, you know, that's, that's when you need to capitalize on you. Cause you could never get that another chance again. You know, I was fortunate enough after the Jets cut me to get a second chance, and I, I valued that. But I know a lot of guys who get cut and don't don't get this second chance, and it, it sucks because there's a lot of good football players who never get that opportunity. But um, yeah, it's, if you don't make it, it's never, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just not your time yet. And uh, once it is your time, make sure you capitalize. <laughs> awesome. So, so what's next for you, man? Right? I mean, you're still active on, on the Broncos. What's what's lying out uh, ahead for you and and your future on the field and, and off the field? Yeah. Um, so actually this all, my, uh, my one goal this off season was to, well, I'm, I have my last class, my master's I'm finishing up this year. Um, took me a while, but with, uh, they, thank God Villanova was working with me in my, uh, off season <laughs> schedule. Um, so I'll have a master's in city management, um, through the MPA program. And then, uh, yeah, one, one goal of mine this off season was to somehow invest. Um, obviously I invest in you guys, but, just have another source of income on the side. And, uh, as you guys both know, I just, uh, purchased my first rental property. So I'm going to be a landlord now. Yeah. And, uh, just, uh, I want to keep, I want to keep building as many, uh, many assets as I can that, that bring an income and, 
um, continue to kind of build my portfolio, whether it's, you know, real estate or with you guys and, and investing in stocks and stuff. But um, really, I got to, or I tell all young players, don't just fall in love with the fact that you get paid during the season. You got to find other ways to make supplemental income. So. Yeah. And, and this is a podcast about success, right? So, and, and we find that that means different things to different people at different phases of their life. So, you know, as you look back on your journey so far and what's going forward, you know, how, how are you defining, you know, success for your, yourself, your family and, and your future? Uh, I mean, my goal is to play, you know, is, is I have a, I have a, a number in my head of how many years I want to play. Um, if an NFL executive hears this, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but, uh, <laughs> I have a, I have, I have a, I have a set number of years I want to play, and that's that's my goal. And um, if I get there, and I and I and I know I will, if I if I continue to work hard and stuff like that, and that's great. And um, but you know, obviously after this game isn't forever. So for me, as long as I have my, you know, my kids, I don't have kids right now, but when when I do, as long as I have their education paid for, and they have nothing to worry about besides just go being the best versions versions of themselves. And for me, that's that's already a win. Um, but really, I, I want to start impacting the people around me as well, my community, and um, give back as much as I can. So, I mean, yeah, success for me just definitely looks like uh, impacting the community that I'm a part of as well as uh, making sure, you know, every every uh, part of me in, in, in the future, I guess, you know, every part of me is going to help, you know, my future generations as well. That's awesome, man. Um, I love your answer there. I love all the things you shared today. Um, so with that, dude, I think we were good to wrap up here. Just want to thank you, dude. We're so proud of you, man. Um, you've done such a hell of a job, not only mentally, physically, uh, on the football field and off the football field. So proud of all the things you're doing. Um, <clears throat> let our listeners know real quick where they can follow you on you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media platforms uh, you're on. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, my Instagram is ace, a, like A-Y-E-E underscore S-E-E. That's my initials spelled out and then nine. And then Twitter, same thing. A-C. You can look me up. But uh, yeah, I don't have Facebook. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so and we'll, we'll put those details in, in the show notes. And uh, you know, before we let you go, I got to put you on the spot here because it's Super Bowl week. We got KC versus Tampa Bay. Who you got? Uh, I mean, my roommate, my, my college roommate, my best friend's on uh, in Tano. He's on, he's on Kansas City and you know, friend, you know, we have some memories, so I, I got to go with Tano. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to go. I mean, Brad's on Tampa Bay. He, he opted out this year, but he's still on the team. But I, I got to go with Tano. What's a uh, score prediction? Uh, I can see it being like a like a 31, you know, 21 kind of game. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, 34, 27 Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs all day. Big red. Tano. Fran, I'm right on point with you, man. I'm thinking 28-24. We, uh, we, we, we played the Chiefs twice this year, and I, I thought them and the Bills were the two best teams in football. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Love it. Right. Love it, man. Well, well this has been fun, boys. Right? It's awesome. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, Franny, let's keep it going, man. It's fun. Yeah, we're good. Um, so thanks again, brother. Uh, hope you, you have guys. an awesome day. But thanks, yeah. guys. All right. See you. Guys. See you. 
If you want even more insights on the path to success, follow Ryan and Fran at Opulus LLC on Instagram and Facebook. Or check us out on the web at www.opulus.us. Lastly, the content of this podcast is not to be viewed as personal investment, legal, or tax advice. You should always consult with a professional advisor before implementing any topics discussed. 